The Tuesday Club with Sean, Kyle and Shane. Hello, it's that time of the week again. It's Tuesday Club with me, Sean Holly, Kyle Reese, normally Shane Williams. We've lost him. Can you believe we, we've lost the Welsh national treasure, the greatest ever try scorer, Kyle? Well, he's only small, and he? You could lose him down the back of the sofa. The thing is, he's gone big with Fab Four Coffee now, isn't he? He's forgotten all about us. So, he um, don't care about us anymore. But no, he'll come on. He'll come on. I just hope he's okay. Otherwise, we'll have to cut that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we don't need Shane. We've got, a, we've got a, an amazing guest with us tonight. We haven't had uh, an actor slash director slash entertainer for a while, but we've got a. You've pulled one right out of the bag here, Kyle. And you, you reckon you know him? I'm not so sure. I think he, he's going to come on to speak to Shane. We've got Jack Loudon. Jack, what are you doing coming on the Tuesday Club? <laughs> I don't really know, to be honest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, t- I tell you what it is, right? I, I only just realised this was last. It was last weekend, uh, Scotland Wales, wasn't it? It was during that, and I think, like, like you know, I, I think I'd had a bit to drink, and I was texting a, a mutual friend of Kyle and I's, um, who's Scottish, Adam McNamara, another actor, and um, I think he was say- he was saying something like he was speaking to you, Kyle, or something like that. And that you you were you were as normal winding him up about the rugby. And I think like I think I, I was like, I think I was, and he was talking about that you have this podcast talking about rugby, and I was like, get me on it, like half cut, like, get me on it. You know, I don't really know that much about rugby, but um, yeah, I think that's why I'm here. The com- the conversation the conversation went. Adam was watching the live with me, you, and Shane when we were doing the live for the Scotland game. And Adam was okay. he was chucking a few comments in and then on the side he texts me on my phone. He says, Jack Jack says he wants to come on the podcast. I said, Yeah, you can come on the podcast when he follows me back on Instagram. <laughs> next, <laughs> next morning, Jack Loudon has followed you. So I thought, Oh yeah, then let's get him. So that's that's the way it went from my perspective anyway. <laughs> Brilliant. Anything for followers, Kyle. Anything for followers. <laughs> oh, just don't be jealous, I got more you. We, so, but you obviously follow the rugby. We know you're a bit of a rugby fan. Um, that that didn't go well. That didn't go well, mate, did it? No, it really didn't. Yeah, I've I've followed rugby. Well, because I'm fr- I'm from the Scottish Borders, which is sort of rugby country. Um, and for I, and for some reason, I never played it. Uh, I went to Errolston High School, which was you know always playing rugby with you know sort of rugby meccas in the in the Scottish Borders like Hoyk in Jedburgh, you know, places, places like that. But I, I never got involved in it. And I didn't, I didn't really get, I didn't really follow it uh, until I started watching the Six Nations. And I think a lot of that is to do with the fact that where I went to drama school, which is how I know Kyle, was that there was just this invasion of Welsh at this drama school. It just, when I turned up there, it was called Royal Scottish, but everybody was Welsh. And so I ended up like living, I lived most of my 20s actually with Welshmen um, and Welsh women as well. And um, so rugby was sort of forced on me. And um, yeah. so I, grew, I, I, I spent a lot of time in, in sitting rooms surrounded by four or five, five Welsh folk whenever we played. And I actually, I was thinking about this today. One of the first times I watched the Six Nations, I think Shane scored against Yeah, us. he usually did, mate. He usually he did. did. He did. He dove... <laughs> He dove through the posts. I think I think it, it was it in Cardiff. That was one of the. I think it was that was about ten years ago. 
And that was the last try of the game as well. I think that was to win it. So I'm glad he's not on it. <laughs> It'd be good for you. It actually would have been good for you to meet him because that was a bit of a famous comeback and uh, he tells a good story about that. And I, I went on to coach Bristol with Andy Robinson who was coaching Scotland at the time. And that's yeah. an hilarious story. Stick a few ciders down Andy Robbo and talk to him about that game. It's hilarious. But anyway... That's another thing. But the border is a beautiful place. I used to take teams up to, to play there uh, all around Melrose. And uh, it's a, just a beautiful place to grow up, Jack. It, 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 yeah, it really was. And, and, and rugby, obviously a big part of like the social calendar when you're a teenager in the Scottish borders is the Melrose Sevens, um, which is really just an excuse for a piss up. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was always like the event that you had to make sure you were there um, and no one, no one was watching the rugby. Everybody was sort of trying to work on what their fancy dress was, basically. But um, that 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 is a game that still amazes me. Is rugby sevens? It just yeah. it just looks knackering. I don't understand. It is, <laughs> it is knackering, right? I'll tell a quick story. I played in the Middlesex sevens finals, which was you know you, back in those days. <laughs> I'm a lot older than you. You had the Melrose sevens, and you had the. Um, uh, Middlesex M's at Twickenham. So I, I, I went to Loughborough University and I played in, in the finals and he had to win a couple of tournaments to get there. So great, we got there. Um, and we played Zimbabwe national team in the first round. We beat them and then we got Bath in the quarterfinal, right? Bath in the 90s were up there. But you know, you see them today, even the, the 15 aside, they wear these sort of skin tight shirts, don't they? I'm now, I, I was a back, I was like an outside half or a centre or fullback. I'm now wearing the number five jersey from a one kit. So I've got the second rose, old cotton, wool, long sleeve, big padded shoulders. <laughs> I tell you, it was like carrying half a man around with me. It was unbelievable. But yeah, it is. It is, uh, it is a, a brilliant game. Um, so, so you're stuck in London at the moment. I say stuck. We're all stuck, but you're working in London. Yeah, I'm. Do, I'm, uh, I'm here. I'm here for quite a while at the moment. Um, I'm doing a job um, with Apple, which uh, has been a lot of fun. Um, uh, it's set in the sort of like MI5 sort of espionage world, which is uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of um, running about and squinting into the distance, which is great. It's always great to do that. <laughs> <laughs> do you know one thing that I've realised doing this podcast is. A lot of my peers are doing a lot, lot better than I am. <laughs> I'm, I moved back to Wales, shacked up, getting married this year, doing a podcast with some of my heroes, and everyone else mixing cement, mixing cement. You know, nothing wrong with that, mate. Keeps me grounded. Uh, <laughs> and everybody else, literally, because I get stuck in the cement. You know, you get, you have to stay grounded. Um, everybody yeah. else but no it's great it's great to see uh, Jackie doing so well and I think the last time I bumped into you was maybe the fringe like years ago and um, me and uh, right. Aubrey were were doing that play um, that nobody can remember um, but you've well, done yeah. you've, you've done so well mate and one thing that I that I do think about you know like when we were in school and uh, you had uh, McAvoy came there and everyone was like oh my god look and we'd be like, oh my God, that's amazing. And I just look at you now and I'm thinking like, McAvoy who? Like, you, 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 <laughs> you I, I reckon two more jobs, mate, and that mantle will be yours. Um, 
Uh, and also, <laughs> also the the way, uh, the reason you didn't get into rugby when you were in school, and that's the reason why you look the way you do now. So you know you should you should thank your lucky stars really that you didn't start playing rugby because I guarantee you wouldn't have had half the parts that you've had now if you played rugby. <laughs> well, that, well, that that's very kind, but also, I mean, the, re- the the reason I didn't get into rugby, I did play, I did try, I played, I did play at the sort of they're known as the Crichtons at the Melrose Sevens, which is what the kids play in, and I was put, I think I was stand uh, standoff. Um, which is literally what I did in the game was just sort of stand. Because <laughs> I just, I couldn't, I couldn't get over the idea of running. I couldn't get over, I still can't, the idea of running at each other that fast. And so I, I would I would get terrified. I even played for, I played standoff for Leith Ackies, Leith Academicals up in Edinburgh. Um, I, but I, I couldn't get over, I've got this image of some big tooth, toothless guy running towards me and me just sort of finding an excuse to move to the side. It was the same when I played, because I played, I played a lot of football, but I, I played centre-back, but I couldn't get over my fear of heading the ball. Like, when the ball, when the keeper, the opposing keeper would kick the ball out, I'd, I'd find an excuse to sort of, like, move over. I'd be like, you've got this, Steve, cool. I'm going over there to get uh, that week. I would just find an excuse. I was just so scared of, of sort of physical impact like that. I can't get over it. It's amazing. I can see why you played stand up. I was just nobody. Nothing wrong with that. Now, listen. Believe it or not, we we um, we do talk a lot of rugby, Jack. But you know, we do love to to talk about our films and our TV and that as much as we can as well. I mean, we were lucky enough to have Sam Sam Hewen on at halftime in that watch along last week, and um, we just acquired through him, through Kyle, through Katrina. You know, a real a real good following. And today, when we or yesterday, when we announced you were coming on. You know, the number of Jack fans we had messaging in and following us is, is unbelievable. And you know what I weirdly found as well? They all put their hashtags and their 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 at handles as your name with something else on the end. How weird is that? <laughs> it's the wonderful world of Twitter. Yeah. I mean it's it's why I got into this. <laughs> so it's, it is quite nice to finally, you know, to finally feel. <laughs> it's, I mean, it is hilarious. We were only talking about this the other day that I got, I got a message from someone that said, um, I, "I want you to be my. I, I wish you were my parent." It's, it, it, it's, oh it's a, mate, can we go there with some of these? This is outstanding. I think you should tell it, us all of them. To be honest with you, keep going. That that that's definitely on the sort of weirder end of the scale that I've had, but it's. Um, <laughs> it's, it's absolutely fascinating and it's strange because like when we first started like when we were at drama school none of that existed that yeah. kind of shows you our age now that didn't exist um so it's a strange thing to get your head around um but i like it yeah it's not but it's because man some of the stuff you've done has been absolutely brilliant i mean i i um i watched uh caliber and um it's just, it's just got that, that twist, isn't it? And, and I, I, I like Tony Curran, right? I, I think he's a great actor. And he's great. He, I think he's good. But, but i got a problem because I think Tony Curran, is, he's, he's one of those actors that you think he was in Game of Thrones. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? He wasn't. He's one of those ones. Yeah, he was. He was the ginger one. Who, he, he, no, no, he wasn't. But he's brilliant in that. And how it turns, I mean... 
what was it like to, to to play that? Because obviously, you know, we're going to talk about Capone, we're going to talk about Mary Queen of Scots and that, but that was that was pretty intense at the switch. The the uh, caliber was 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 a great job in many ways, but it was a horrible job at the same time because we shot um, we shot four, I think it was four or five weeks in night shoots, solid. Yeah which is from about six o'clock at night till about five or six in the morning. And you just, you come out of that kind of stuff like punch drunk. And it was, we also shot it in November in Scotland, in Dumfrieshire, in the sort of deepest, darkest Scotland. And uh, it was pretty brutal. And the the, the big major scene, which um, uh, it, it happens with the, the sort of shooting of someone, I won't give too much away, but like that was the first shot we, 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 we did in the shoot. And you're a bit like, why are we starting with that? Like, let's work up yeah. towards <laughs> that schedule. And it, it was a really tough shoot. But Tony Curran is someone that I, I, I've admired for years. I remember him in um, Ultimate Force, ITV's Ultimate Force, about it, the SAS. That's that's where I yeah. became a fan. He was brilliant in that. Yeah, I loved it, mate. I loved it. And uh, as you say, I, re- thinking back now, if you filmed that first, because didn't they do that for, for Bohemian Rhapsody, Kyle? Didn't they film, like, the live aid scene first? Then they had to do all the old, the whole film, knowing that they were they having done that. It's a little bit similar to that, isn't it? But, no, it was it was great. And another question I wanted to ask you, and I asked Sam and Katrina this around Outlander, because watching Mary Queen of Scots, brilliant role, but you, had, you found yourself in a lot of sort of carnal... Scenes that must be bloody awkward. <laughs> yeah, or not yeah. in your case. <laughs> the, the thing, the thing is about like sex scenes as well is it, the, the strange thing is it is it's if it's done well and sort of if everybody's doing their job is that it's more awkward I think for the crew for the like twenty or thirty people that are stood there in North Face jackets <laughs> like that. And there's like there's I, I I've done a few now like I've done a few of them but, you know and and I think once you get over the initial thing of right I've got to get my arse out or I've got to make certain faces or noises once you get over that I think it's definitely worse because it's like imagine you know imagine doing that at like a, a barbecue it, that's what it feels like doing a sex scene on a film. <laughs> Someone at a barbecue goes, Jack, you do a bit of acting. Show us what you did in your last film. And you sort of go, and there's everybody, nobody's there to act apart from you. Just start and doing a Meg Ryan. Doing, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's really awkward. I mean, Mary Queen of Scots was also the film where there's just a scene where I just, I get found in bed naked and I've just to get out of bed and, and Martin Comston, the Scottish actor, he walks in. And I, and the whole point was that he asked me to do something and I just get up and stand in front of him fully naked. So what you do is that you wear those modesty socks that that, that you put on 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 your member. And I said to Martin, I said to Martin, because he's just got to come in and look right me in the look at me in the eye. And he couldn't help but look at, the, at this weird sock thing. And I just said, Look, Martin, is it better if I just take it off? Because at least that's that's less weird. And having like this little sock on, and so Martin was like, "Yeah, of course." So it, it was just—it's it, weirder for the people who have their clothes on, basically, to sum up. Do you know the one—the <laughs> one guy I feel really, really sorry for in a situation like that is the boom operator, because what if, right? What if he, 
What if he starts enjoying himself subconsciously, doesn't realise, and he's that, he's doing this. Oh, come on. Like what, you know, and a lot of these boys, you know, I've, you know, the last three years I've been filming in Scotland. The first time I filmed up Scotland, we started in September all the way through to June. So I know what it, what it's like up there. They, these boys, they wear shorts in minus 10 degrees. They, they've always got a North Face jacket on, like Jack said, but they will always wear shorts no matter what the weather is. He's the one I feel sorry for because that, could be even more awkward. Jack, um, yeah. let me tell you something. Um, Saturday, I'm working on uh, two rugby matches back-to-back for Premier Sports with uh, a presenter called Ross Harris and an ex-rugby player called Tom Shanklin, both quite a good sense of humour. second game isn't great. So we end up watching all the outtakes from The Office, Afterlife, Derek, right? So you know what's coming. I'm going to ask you, fighting with the family, Steve Merchant. I mean, it seems to be there like that, the pair of them, you know, always laughing. And we got a mutual friend called uh, Stephen Spears who did a bit of Afterlife. And the outtakes on that are just hilarious. You know, did you find that working with him? Yeah, he he was um, he was the main reason that I wanted to do the film other than the part because of the fact that it was a... a, a I mean, the real guy that I played is something like 16, 17 stone uh, wrestler from Norwich. And I was like, well, that, I'm, I'm none of those things. So I really want to play that. But then also because it was Steve Merchant who I only realized I was talking about this the other day as well, about like there's this whole generation of people that have been uh, have been brought up on the office and things like that. And who I don't know if you find that, but you can have entire conversations where you just whole afternoons. Yeah. And they just fly by. And it, it, it's, it's conditioned me to such an extent that w- whenever I'm in something that is remotely funny, you just go, you just start doing David Brent, really. Um, <laughs> which is what I, I ended up doing that a lot on fighting with my family and Steve had to say, no, it's too Brent. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, that, that was a, that was great fun. But the, I tell you what, the see, see, see having to get in Nick for that. I, I didn't get anywhere near 16 or 17 stone. But the, the work he had to put in, I think I got to about 12 and a half, 13 stone. And, that was, and it was horrible, horrible hard work, that. But it was great. Did they set you up a training plan or did you have to go with trainers before shooting or what? Yeah, I actually did. They set me up with a guy from CrossFit. Oh, did they? They set, they set me up with a guy from CrossFit. Yeah. Uh, and I had to eat about five five meals a day and we trained. I trained with him twice a day. And it was just brutal. It was horrible. Oh, my God. Yeah, I <laughs> want to ask you. you I, me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been training with Sean. Well, I have been before we went in, back into this lockdown again, lockdown 3.0. And I know I've always been in big up and down, up and down, but I was at my biggest, like mid-lockdown. Got up to nearly 24 stone. Um, carried it well because I'm tall, but still. Oh. And uh, Sean's been uh, basically kicking my ass and then making me kick my own ass and um i dropped nearly five stones so uh yeah i know and it wasn't it wasn't in a long space of time either it was what what was it sean about 12 weeks 16 weeks max yeah yeah we we worked on a 12-week plan to be fair to kyle jack and uh we worked hard up in my gym but um yeah he slowed down a little bit he needs he needs big brother, yeah, but he slowed down a little bit and he keeps saying, Oh, when the restrictions are over, well, you've got a floor, you've got a pair of arms, you can do press ups, you know what I mean? You can do burpees, 
Get off your arse, you lazy get. Oh, I hate burpees. Um, <laughs> I want to go... Oh, I, I want to talk about Capone, because I watched it, mate, because I am... Um, one of my favourite genres is gangsters, and I've seen the old ones, and I've seen uh, the Untouchables and all this sort of stuff. And I went, and I love... I met Tom Hardy once in Theatre 503 in London, just down below Battersea. And... I was like, oh my God, Tom Hardy's doing Capone, it's going to be brilliant. And I seen the promos. And then I seen you in a promo and I was just like, oh, flipping heck, Jack. And you were great in it. But what what is it like working opposite him as somebody with such, like you've got your own stature and profile now, but, you know, he's like Tom Hardy and the characters he takes off and how invested he is in his characters and his process. Is it, was it like super intense? And the character he was in, and to see the scenes that he had to shoot, like I can only imagine that he comes across as the type of actor that it sits in him for a while, type of thing. What? So what was that? Talk me through, because I'm really interested in that. He, uh, Tom, Tom, uh, I met I met Tom on Dunkirk, and um, which was a sort of totally different beast, and um, and then he asked me to come and do that, and um, so. Uh, he, he wasn't intense. He, he, no, he, 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 I think he's a very intense performer, Tom, and he's a very good performer. But, you know, Capone is something like he was in the makeup truck for about four, four hours every morning getting prosthetics. Jesus. Four hours. Yeah, yeah. Like, the sort of, I, I mean, when I'm in a makeup chair, like, I, I don't know what you're like, but I, I, I can't last like half an hour. I'm like, right, you're done. Like, surely you're done because I just don't have the patience for it. And, that was the first thing that was impressive about him on that job was that he had that patience and um but you know yeah he was there on set fully done up as capone but he was tom off camera which is um always to me quite a, a refreshing thing to see and is actually always more impressive it's always been more impressive for me um actors that have the ability to one minute be something and then one minute be something else. I think that that sort of acting at its purest is like, yeah. is just, and that's that whole thing of going from the wings to going on stage. I find that a lot more impressive than people who need a long, a lot longer time. But you know, whatever works for 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 you. But um, he, he's certainly someone on those jobs. I can't speak for other jobs, but he was certainly able to just go switch it bang up forth, and that was what was impressive. Awesome. It was a it was a brilliant. Been in um, mad to watch though. Mad film to watch. Oh my god! I was just sitting there and I was just like, couldn't move. I was like, what the flipping heck is going on here? Like, and and all of a sudden he's going into these dream sequences because he's not well. And I was like, flipping heck! You got. I don't know if you've seen it, Sean, but you got to watch it if you haven't. It's it's brilliant. Well, I haven't. I'll I'll, I'll watch it tomorrow. Now, I promise because um, <laughs> he, he clearly was a mental bloke, wasn't he, Capone? I I've been in his cell. Alcatraz. Oh, Alcatraz, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Didn't you go, Kyle, when we went to California? No? No, I was I was in my drinking phase then when I was too busy. Oh, I was in my drinking <laughs> phase, yeah. I was, and I was in my Al Capone phase. But, um, yeah, I will, no, I'll watch it tomorrow. I will. And you mentioned Dunkirk there, Jack. Um, again, brilliant film. Loved it. You know, my grandfather was was a sergeant major in the Irish Guards in, uh, in World War Two. so... Um, I, I love all that. I took my son, two sons, and my dad over uh, to all the, the the beach landing places. You know, we spent a week out there. It was, it was great. But um, I was watching recently. You you 
when you you played the part and you're up in the Spitfire, I was watching some of the uh, the acting that you had to do in the sort of. Of course, you went up with a pilot and, and did some of the filming up there with a Spitfire next to you, but a lot of it was like simulation, being in a in 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 a cockpit on the floor and and acting, just in in that sort of mechanical cockpit, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, how it, was that? It, it it was a mad experience, you know. That it you, like like you say, you know, on one hand, we actually went up. I flew over the channel with three Spitfires, which was one of those sort of pinch me moments, but also <clears throat> like any, you know, like any actor in that, <laughs> in that situation is just thinking, what am I doing with my face? It's my face. <laughs> am I doing my job well? And like, it's, it was sort of brilliant, but also annoying at the same time that you were there to do a job. So you couldn't just, I mean, the, we were literally up in the air and you wing tip, wing tip to wing tip with other Spitfires and you could see like the cliffs of Dover so it was literally where these guys, these teenagers fought. But you were like, um, God, I hope I hit my, I hope I hit the beats I'm supposed to hit with my eyes and all this kind of, you know, which which, which kind of like took it away a bit. But then, yeah, like you say, the this, this stuff down, then all the stuff in the cockpit was on what's called a gimbal on the side of a cliff in California. And, um, you know, it, it, all your imagination is really brought to the fore when you've got to, you've got to put in the movement of like a thing going up, Plane going over your head. And I remember at one point they put a like a paper plate on on a stick. Like it was a multi-million dollar production, but they put a paper plate on the end of a stick that they whipped across the cockpit to make it look like the, the ME109 had gone across. So they just needed the shadow. Like it was just phenomenal watching watching the, the different aspects of the filmmaking in that. It's amazing. Well, here we are on the Tuesday Club with me, Sean Holly Calories, Jack Loudon, brilliant Scottish actor in so many things. We've talked about so many brilliant films that you've been in, Jack. And we've got some listeners' questions, Kyle and I. Um, we've tried to vet them a little bit. I hope you don't mind. But as I said earlier, they've all got at Loudon's Jack and at Loudon's Ton. So here's Amy, right? She's at Loudon's Jack. Hi, Jack. How have you found working during the pandemic? Do you still find that you're still able to choose which roles you'd like to do? No, I've, well, I've, I've never been able to choose, really, what roles <laughs> I'd like to do. I thought I'm not quite there yet, um, it's just, which is always the, I've always thought is like the magic line as an actor you want to get to, you want to cross over that. I think if I ever get to that stage, that would be wonderful. Then I'll just stop. Um <laughs> But it, uh, no, I, d- d- during lockdown, actually I did. I, sh- I shot a film. I played Siegfried Sassoon, the First World War poet. I shot, managed to shoot that um, up in uh, uh, the, the West Midlands, um, sort of around September last year. So um, it was quite amazing that they managed to get that off the ground. Um, but other than that, and, and the job that I've just started, no. But I've, I've, um, I think like everybody else, I've found certain things that. I've been quite nice about it and other things that have been a pain in the arse. Mm. Yeah. Kyle, you got one? Yeah, I've got one. There's no name. It's just like some weird name, Blink25. And this one says, Hi, Jack. Since my mum was your primary school teacher when you lived in the borders, I was wondering how growing up in the borders was. You've already talked about that, so we can skip that part. But she loves your work, by the way, and she hopes you're having a good lockdown. That's from Blink25. Nice. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's just a very nice message. Cool. I thought I'd read that out. A bit of positivity out in the world, you know. I got one from Jackie uh, at Loudonston. Congratulations getting into the University of Edinburgh. Is this true? 
Oh yeah, yeah. Is I'd, it? Uh, it's one of the things I've been doing. Is I I joined, applied for. It's just a short course. It was the only thing I could kind of get on. Um, it's a twelve week course, uh, a history course, um, in uh, Scottish uh, Scottish and English relations in the Middle Ages. Very specific, um, but it's um, it's absolutely brilliant. It's so brilliant, and, and so I am technically now a student, which discounts. Um, <laughs> yes, overdrafts. Yes, <laughs> my son Jack is studying history in Lefra. He's in his second year. Oh wow! It, it's. Uh, it, it, I wish I could. I, it's the one major regret I have is that I didn't go to university. I, I wish I'd gone. It'd be so great. Well, we, he, we, obviously affected by the lockdown. We get you love this. He's a he's a film buff, right? Film freak. Um, he, and and I think he'd like to go into some sort of research for films or TV or whatever. You know, he'd love all that. I think he'd like the production and all that as well. But anyway, second year, there's some option modules, right? One is the history of Star Wars, <laughs> right? So I'm going, I went to Loughborough now, right? It's quite a prestigious university. I'm thinking, hang on, James. You're doing history, you know, Loughborough. You're not doing talk about Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, because Star looked at the module, Star Wars. And he had his first lecture online like this the other week, and uh, he was so excited. I think he had a, a fake lightsaber next to him and everything, but he oh, said, yeah. we're on the call now, and all the icons of people are up. They're all dressed up and everything. Yeah. You know, the star was mad. <laughs> and he said, the lecturer's come on. He's done one Q&A at the start, three questions about um, Star Wars, and then it's cast iron, 100% hardcore politics. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, it's, it's very clever that kind of get them in. Get them They've in. all signed up. Yeah, very clever. That's a it's, it took it took me all of five minutes on my first lecture to mention the fact that I worked in in the film industry. It took me Did all I mention to say like um oh because it, I think obviously like Braveheart came up and the depiction of like historical events in in on screen and I was like well in the profession that I work in, you know. It took me all of five minutes. It was so pathetic. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit like Kyle. Um, it usually takes him three and a half minutes to get outlanded into uh, an episode of Tuesday Club. God, <laughs> here we go again. I actually never bring it up. It's you the one who brings it up all the time, trying to embarrass me. But it's the only thing i got to cling to. It's, the only, it's literally the only thing that makes me still feel like I'm an actor right now because the last 12 months have been just horrific but i can't complain well, well, well here's one minute here's one here's one in from at sean holly jack can you give kyle any tips on how to get acting jobs because he's still mixing cement i remember seeing kyle i remember my, my, my last image of kyle at drama school is i went into a practice room and kyle kyle was stood stripped oh from no the waist. You were stood stripped from the waist up and you were sort of like, you had people like writhing all over you. And I was like, I see his future. I see it. I thought, yeah. I, I totally thought you were going to talk about something else then. Um, oh God. <laughs> no, you, you remember when we, my year were doing our, our showcases and you know, and it was like, Jack, you're doing your showcase. Everyone's stressed up to the tits and everyone's starting to argue and you have a partner that you're doing a scene with Sean um you get to show to all these agents to come and watch you to get an agent and then you're falling up with your with your scene partners and you're like ah oh, and everything's just like oh my god it's the end of the world 
and our our year was at each other's throats uh, we had a lecturer amazing acting teacher joyce deans absolutely love her to bits um she was even like walking out the room being like oh i can't cope with these lot in here they're doing my head in so they so she left and then i went up to the we were in the theater uh or in in the actual in the rsamd and i went up to the production box and i said listen can you play queen i want to break free but i want to break free so they played on and i ran straight back to the wings of the stage and i found a helmet builder's helmet it was a hard hat that they were using to go up onto rigs or whatever and i did a full strip a full strip for everyone i remember hearing about that yeah. you do remember hearing about that and i just stripped bollock na- oh so I, well i've said it now i stripped bollock naked just to ease the tension and to make everybody laugh um and laugh they did <laughs> not with me just to clarify they should do that in the, the, the downing street briefings i feel that they should do that oh yeah <laughs> like a civil servant run across how just well, talk, you... talking about RSA and Dibla, how good were those days, man? Like, do you miss them or what? Yeah, I, 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 absolutely. You, 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 of course you do. I think that's probably the same enemy that goes to uni. You just miss the days where you, you know, you all sat about going, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. You know, they, they, they are the best day. I mean, my favourite thing to do is to watch like something like the Inbetweeners and go even further back to high school. They, they they are they really are the best days of your life because you'll always view you'll always only remember the good things as well. Mm. But um, they were great, man. Oh, brilliant! I, I yeah, love. I miss. Good. I miss it so yeah, much. Yeah, I I I envy my son now in university. Good God! Anyway, uh, last one at honey underscore blue. Mm, wait for this one. No, hi Jack. I wonder what you did during lockdown, except practicing your trumpet. Well, people need to look at Jack's Instagram for that. What kind of character do you want to play? Lots of love from Korea. Hope to see you over in Korea one day. What sort of character would you like to play, man? So um, I get asked this quite often, and I'm, I, I'm I'm resolute in my answer is that I want to play a character shorter than myself. Um, I think it changes, it must, it, it changes you. I'm six foot one and uh, quite often than not when you're on a film set and Kyla knows that like everybody's just a bit shorter in film. I don't know why everybody <laughs> is. I sort of hate it and, and, and I don't think I wear my height very well. I've never have as like a kid, I, I sort of stooped and um so I've I've always I've always been very jealous of shorter actors. So I've so if if they can work out a way of doing that, I would love to play someone that's like maybe five inches shorter. I just think it'd be great. I think it would change it up. But. Also, all, all the greats are all quite short as well, aren't you? you? And you don't really know. Nobody knows because nobody gets to see them in real life. But then, no. If you're like like you now, you've worked with. I can some, imagine Al, Al Pacino's pretty short. He's very short. He's uh, Tom Tom Hardy's very short. Tom Cruise short. Tom Cruise short. Do you know what I mean? What what is it like? What, that that's the key Matthew to me. Matthew Reese short. <laughs> Matthew's not that short, is he? He is. Nah, he wasn't that short. I tell I tell you what, oh, Michael Sheen. Sheeny's not too short, is he? Sheeny's quite tall. In fairness to him, yeah, he's quite tall. Um, yeah. Bob De Niro's got to be short. I would reckon. 
Mm-hmm. That's the key. That's what we're missing, man. Six foot and above, you fucked it. <laughs> you are. You, you really do. And you can, you, you, like those moments on set where you can see the cameraman, you, they line up on you and they sort of go, there's always, every time I get lined up on, there's always a sort of, oh, there's a tut. There's a <laughs> oh, tut. really? Well, they go, we need to move that. And then we need to move the light. And it, for some reason, it's sort of built for people that are five foot ten. It's a small thing to moan about, but it's, 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 it's all relative. The six foot tut. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the opposite for, for models though, isn't it? If you're not six foot, then you can't be a model, so you get down the road. Yeah. So maybe all That's the, the trouble people... with this, boys. Three of us are six foot one, you know, and we struggled with modeling. That's, that's the problem. <laughs> not all on that. That is the key. Hey, we, we're coming to the end, Jack. We really appreciate your time, but we've got a little feature that we want to finish on. We, we've been doing uh, on this new season of Tuesday Club. Because we're in lockdown, we do something called What You're Watching. In other words, we know we're all in lockdown. Week to week, we're all watching something. So what have you been watching, mate? Uh, I've been watching, I've been watching a, a, a thing called The Bureau, which is a French thing. Uh, which is set in the French sort of secret service uh, with Matthew Kasovitz. Uh, there's about four, five, six seasons, and it's, it's some of the best TV I've ever seen. Um, that I've been watching a Danish thing called The Investigation, uh, which uh, it's all about a true story two, three years ago, a famous murder in, up in, in Denmark. Uh, absolutely brilliant. I've also been watching a lot of Parks and Recreation, uh, a lot That's of Parks good. and Recreation. Um, a lot of oh, what's the brilliant thing? Billy Connolly's he did it in like the eighties. It's called a, a Scott in Antarctica, and it's when Billy Connolly went one man travelled across Antarctica on his own with like two or three crew members. Um, it's the most heartwarming, hilarious thing. Just the idea of Billy Connolly stood on like the frozen the frozen yeah. tundra, um, complaining about the temperature. Uh, <laughs> That's brilliant. If you can look that up, it's really funny. Oh, I love Billy Connolly. What a man, Billy Connolly. Kyle, what have you been watching this week, right? Because you were, you were heavily invested in the West Wing for the last three weeks. Yeah, I re- Still at it? No, I revisited the West Wing. I completed that again. Uh, last week was a Godfather trilogy. And this week, my pick is going to be... I watched a lovely Don't. BAFTA tribute to Victoria Wood on uh, over the weekend. And... It was just a who's who of British comedy. I, it wasn't, you know, it was it was a filmed years ago. Obviously, um, she sadly uh, passed now. But um, what what an incredible woman! Uh, all the way from the eighties when it was um, Wood and Waters, or Walter, sorry, and you know, I didn't even know about programs like that. And some of those sketches formed British comedy, man. And she was incredible. You know, not just it's a really hard thing, right, to be especially then a woman in any industry uh writer comedy writer but the way she wrote the the scenes and the characters from people that Dewey Walters told a story about how they were both in Blackpool and they went for lunch somewhere and then they went into this little cafe and it wasn't like grungy but it wasn't really you know glossy or smart or whatever and then there was nobody, nobody about. And all of a sudden there was a creak at the door. And then they could just use something shuffling. Then this very elderly lady came over and was like, can I take your order? And then that's where that character came from, Julie Walters' character. Okay. Um, but I watched that and she was incredible. 
and it's a real talent, right? Uh, Jack, I don't know if you play, I'm sure you play guitar. I think every actor I know plays guitar. But it's really, really difficult to play an instrument, sing the song and perform it at the same time. And she did those songs uh, on the piano, her comedy songs, and they were just brilliant. So that's my this week's What You Watch. And I watched the tribute to Victoria Wood, the BAFTA Lifetime Achievement Award or something. Ah, good. Good, good. Yeah. I'm still ploughing through uh, How to Get Away with Murder. Um, nice. That, that's a shame put me under that one. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's one to watch with the wife, I suppose. It's, uh, it, it is quite interesting. But I tell you what I've revisited the uh, last couple of days. I watched the first two seasons of Handmaid's Tale. Oh, yeah. Have you seen that? <clears throat> bit traumatic, bit uncomfortable, but a real intriguing watch. And they've brought season three out, obviously. So I've started that the last couple of days now, and it goes, it's taken me back to that place, you know, that <laughs> uncomfortable place. <laughs> So, um, but uh, to be fair, I I've worked uh, two rugby shows this weekend, so I've I've watched a lot of rugby, a lot of rugby, Kyle, which is perhaps how we can finish off. Uh, it's got the Six Nations coming back this week. Wales, England's a big one. <clears throat> um, although I think it's the best chance we've got in a while, you know, because England aren't really hitting the straps. Scotland having. Having won against England in Twickenham for the first time in so long, are now reeling from home defeat against Wales. They are supposed to go to France, Jack, but as we hear in the news today, um, 10, 10 French guys with COVID, that could put the game at risk. It'd be a shame, wouldn't it? It would, and I, I think, um, but I think you should be forced to field whatever you can field. I, like, even if you get in, like, backroom staff. I think, you know, like... Spoken like a true Scotsman. I just think you should. I think you should, you know, because it's like the wet, you know, like you lot, it's so, the Welsh so far, you haven't played 15 men. You know, <laughs> you've not played 15 men yet. So I think, you know, I, I can't really comment on the Welsh team so far because I don't really know what they're like against a full rugby team yet. Um, <laughs> but I, th- I think they've been playing, they have been playing very well. But I think the French should just be made to just pull whoever, just like marshals in the stadium... Whoever, whoever's there and who's played a bit of rugby at high school, you know, because it's, um, yeah. But I think, uh, yeah, this, that, that Scotland game was, was absolutely, it was brutal. It was absolutely brutal. And I, and I thought, like, you know, with, with us qualifying for the European Championships and the football as well for the first time, um, the year had sort of, well, that was last year, but, but Scottish sport had sort of been heading in quite a brilliant way. And I still think it is. I still think, again, it would be interesting to see how Wales would have got on playing against 15 men for the first time in the Six Nations. Uh, I think we would have struggled, mate. I think we would have struggled. You're right. That Scotland team's good. Scottish football, <clears throat> I mean, blimey, it was great. You know, I know you like your football. We like our football in Wales, you know, because we don't often see our national team get to major competitions. So now we've got Scotland and Wales at the Euros, and uh, that'll be something to look forward to. So, uh, but uh, if it doesn't go ahead, it would be a real shame because Six Nations is about momentum. You know, we saw it, didn't we, in the autumn. Yeah. We have bitty games, one game's off, then it's rearranged. People lose focus. It's bad enough not being able to go to the games, Kyle. But where do you fancy Wales against England? Is that to me? Kyle? Yeah, yeah. Um... There's only one Kyle on it. Yeah, I know. Um... No, I don't, mate. Uh, we, we just haven't been playing since, you know, the last Six Nations. You could see it was starting to go into, not despair, but, l- like, 
a new coach had come in. Like he was a new new guy putting a new stamp or his stamp on the team. And a lot of these players have pretty much been only used to play in one way for the last eleven years. Um, and I still don't think they're they're hitting the straps yet. So we got some great prospects. We got Lewis Rissamet. He's playing out of his skin for club and country. You know, we got some boys coming back for the game as well. Foxy's coming back. Um, is Thomas Williams coming back, or have I just made that up? No, 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 he's not. No, okay, then Foxy won't die. I don't think Foxy will be picked either. But um, well, George North back. Josh Adams. Um, it'll be a good think... one it'll be a good one it's just a shame isn't it you know no, we all like somebody like you Jack and I normally say if we have you on as a guest I'll be saying when we get back to hospitality you're going to come down we're going to treat you to a game Wales v Scotland come to our hospitality I've done that nearly every actor that's been on I get so excited so you will be down to the next Wales v Scotland sharing our hospitality we'll look after you Jack have you up for that weekend in I... Cardiff yeah absolutely. I, I've been to Cardiff uh, I watched one game, but it was a game. It was Wales against the Barbarians, so it was a bit flat. Nah, don't count. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was pretty flat. But I, I was at the game uh, this like a year ago, like probably this week. I was at. I was in hospitality at the Scotland England game, um, which was uh, that was when there was like there was so much wind. There was like people running about catching billboards <laughs> like outside. It was insane that game. And, and it's amazing the Six Nations because there's so few games that every the thing that always strikes me is how precious every game is. And I think with COVID and like back a year ago with the weather, it really shows you how it, 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 that's why it's one of the best tournaments in the world that it can just spin on a, on a nine pence just because they're so precious. Mm. Um, but hospitality there at Murrayfield was superb, and the first minister was there as well. So I'd I'd hope for the, the sort of like equivalent if I came to Cardiff. No, mate. No, you're going to have a Kyle and Sean style. Right, we've told you in this and McFarlane and whoever else I've invited, but we're going to come down. We're going to get you on a smash. We're going to go to the game. You're going to meet some great rugby people, some great Welsh people. We'll have a, we'll have a good old knees up. Would you like that? Absolutely. I'd, I'd be there in an instant. Mate, thanks so much for joining us. I know you're, even though you're locked in, you're busy, you've got your job in London. I wish you all the very best with that now, this uh this Spooks TV thing. Look forward to seeing it. Um, you can catch Jack on all his brilliant films that he's done. Obviously, you know, most of your fans that are, that are listening will have seen them, Jack. But uh, those who haven't, you make sure you do. Watch your Dunkirks. Watch Capone. I can't wait to watch Capone. Calibre, that's a great one. Mary Queen of Scots and all the others. Um, Jack, you've done brilliantly. Kyle, thanks so much for getting such a special guest on. Wish you all the very best, mate. I look forward to seeing you down in Cardiff sometime. Thanks very much, guys. Cheers. Cheers, Jack. <laughs>